if you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Today is Monday, which means digging deeper. Monday. We're about to go through multiple clips from multiple podcasts from around our great nation. And we're going to break down what these clips mean, why they're important, why you need to know what is being said in them. Of course, the full episode is available on Patreon, Game of Roses, patreon.com slash Game of Roses. And uh, we're going to just jump into this because a lot of crazy shit is being said on these podcasts. We've got multiple Uh clips from two different episodes today from a podcast called The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever. That is, of course, hosted by Dark Lord Harrison. (laughs) It hasn't been the most dramatic, which is why it hasn't been in our clips lately. But now today it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really the most dramatic podcast ever. It's in some ways the most unbelievable podcast ever because you simply can't believe Dark Lord Harrison is saying some of the shit he's (laughs) saying. But this past week, uh, or two weeks ago, sorry, Chris Harrison did um, two... Or no, sorry, it was this past week. He did a two-part series called Dropping Like Fleiss. And it's basically just him talking about Mike Fleiss getting removed as head of the Bachelor franchise. And so we have four clips total from those two podcasts that are uh, hilarious and eye-opening. We also have some clips from Trading Secrets. That is, of course, Gore Girl Jason Tardick's podcast. His special guest on another two-part series was Caitlin Bristow. And they talk about all manner of the finances associated with being the lead, uh, how she felt going through the show, how she felt about the guys on her season, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get to those. We, of course, have some clips from a few different episodes of Vial Files, and we have some clips from Caitlin Bristow's podcast, Off the Vine, with guest Gabby Elnicki. She, of course, was the runner-up in the recently concluded historic Bachelor Season 27 with Zach Shawcross. And we are going to wrap up this Digging Deeper with a clip from Almost Famous OG that is, of course, hosted by First Bachelorette Trista Rain, Trista Sutter, however you like to call her, and Bob Gingin-Guinea. He was the fourth Bachelor, and he was a player on Bachelorette Season 1. Their guest was Jason Mesnick, Season 13 Bachelor, ushered in the modern era. Some people, we call it the Mezzanine era. <laughs> <laughs> Some people. First Jewish Bachelor. This fucking clip... Uh, It's a crazy clip. He talks about essentially a season, an upcoming season of The Bachelor that he was called to do a Council of Crowns for, and that season never happened. And he discusses all of that. So what? stick around to the end if you want to hear that clip. It is very fascinating. But right now, let's dig into this. This is... Digging Deeper. All right, so here's our first clip. It comes to us from the most dramatic podcast ever. Uh, Again, the title of this episode is Dropping Like Fleiss. It is from March 31st. And in this first clip, uh, Lauren Zima chimes in to discuss 
the professional era. You've heard us talk about the professional era many times. She is basically defining it. Here we go. It's interesting. A couple of years ago, we started talking as I was covering the show about how, you know, and I think everybody felt there's this problem with people wanting to come on the show just to be influencers. Like they know they're going to come on the show and they're going to get a certain following out of it. And so that takes away that genuine desire for love and makes it all seem fake or, and kind of make, gets them in their heads on the way they're being on the show. I think now what you have in addition to that issue is that people auditioning for the show have grown up watching the show. So they know the formula inside and out. It's like when you you know, when you've like prepared and studied for a test, you know, they just know what's coming. They're like, oh, here's where hometowns are going to happen or here's where the travel is going to get announced now. And I wonder if that's contributing to the boringness of it. Zima has something very right and something very wrong. Something very right is, yes, there are now an entire generation of players who grew up watching the show. And so they intrinsically know the elements of the game. As she's saying, they know when hometowns are fantasy suites. They know what's coming. What she has wrong is it doesn't make it boring. Do you believe Madison Pruitt was boring? Do you believe Hannah Sluss was boring? These are some of the finest players we've ever seen. F no. They make the game so much better, in my opinion. But also, it's like people knew that in season two. It's not like it took 20 years for people to finally catch on to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. Fantasy suites are coming. What's that? Obviously, everyone knows what that is a long time ago. After season one, people weren't having crazy reactions to the idea of fantasy suites on the show. <laughs> exactly. They were they were anticipating it. They were looking forward to it. But the thing that she's not quite clocking is it's the repetitive nature of now because it's been on for so long. You have an entire generation of players uh, having grown up watching it every year. They are locked into the pattern of it. It's not just knowing what's going to happen. It's like feeling it intrinsically. I don't know how else to explain it other than like, I remember when I was a kid just watching football every fucking Sunday with my dad. You just absorb it. And like I played football as a little kid too, but you just it becomes second nature. It's not even about like consciously being aware of it. You just know the game like in your bones. And I feel like that is what has happened to uh, that generation that she's talking about. I feel like she's kind of saying that. I honestly, the first part of this clip, I was like, is she in the pit? She's like, (laughs) they have a problem with people wanting to be influencers. They've grown up watching and know the formula. I'm like, I don't know if a lot of people have discussed this idea except for us. Yeah. Of like the the growing up with the show part. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that she's also roasting it. She's saying people are prepared and study for the test and it contributes to the boringness. Shots fired. The boringness where she's, I mean, say what you will about anyone involved with the most dramatic podcast ever. But there is a huge through line in that podcast that is, fuck The Bachelor. Without Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. it ain't what it used to be. And we're going to see a lot of that coming up in these next few clips. But Zima is on board for that same party line. And clearly by saying, well, that's why it's boring yeah. now. It's like, well, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Did you watch seasons eight and ten? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was boring before. <laughs> I got to say, as as boring as Zach Shawcross's season was, seasons eight and ten were uh that's Andy Baldwin and Travis Stork. I can't even tell them apart. <laughs> Not watchable. It, yeah, it's very hard to even remember those seasons. But let's move on 
to our next clip from this same exact episode. In this clip, uh, Dark Lord Harrison talks to a very complimentary caller. By the way, all of his callers into his show are very complimentary. Uh, so complimentary, they might even feel like they're reading scripts. Uh, I don't know. Look, I, it's all Chris Harrison in, in doing different voices. It's just his family. It's like his son and daughter. Oh, hey, Chris, I really love and respect you. Yeah, that is what it feels like. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe these right. people really are Dark Lord Harrison stands, but uh, whatever the case. We should do a call-in show that's all just us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Why? Okay, so in this clip, DLH is talking to this complimentary caller. And this caller asks DLH if he would ever come back to The Bachelor. This is the million-dollar question. We get an answer. Here we go. Um, it's nice to be on the phone with you guys. It's cool. I love listening to your podcast. Um, I just had a question. Would you ever consider going back to The Bachelor now that there are new producers involved? Um, great question, Katie. Great question. I said this before when the rumors came out that were swirling several weeks ago about... ABC or whoever the network talking about bringing me back or asking me to come back. And I said at that time, never say never. But I also said at that time, there were some things that would have to happen. Um, and it's not just financially. There are things that would have to change and things that would have to happen. I can say one of those things has happened. Yeah. One of those things, one of the biggest hurdles has now happened. <laughs> This fucking clip. I screamed. Oh, I screamed. <laughs> it's so smug. There, <laughs> let's. Uh, he's obviously talking about Mike Fleiss, uh, you know, being excommunicated from the franchise. That's the hurdle he's talking about. Yes. But the way he says this, the way he positions this, rumors were swirling, and obviously, uh, I told them I would come back, but some things would have to happen. He's positioning himself as the one in control of the situation, in the language of this. Uh, I would benevolently come back only mm -hmm. if certain demands of mine were met. It's like, motherfucker. Huge rider. Yeah. A, I don't think this guy is ever coming back to The Bachelor. No. I don't know if he's coming back to network TV because I still think the controversy of his firing and that... uh the interview that he did with Rachel Lindsay on Extra that, that got him fired. I just don't think you you come back from that in a public capacity. He can do his podcast. He might even be able to land on like a hosting gig on a streaming network somewhere, maybe. But I think the broadcast networks are so terrified of any kind of controversial thing, especially in like the host of a big, like broad family reality TV show. They're not going to take any chances with whoever that person is that's hosting has to be squeaky fucking clean period and he no. ain't he never will be again i don't think the demand for <laughs> hosts who have acted with uh some <laughs> racial bias towards the first black bachelorette are in high demand <laughs> yeah he's just too tainted like i you know but again he this whole podcast at least all the episodes that I've listened to and the clips I've heard and stuff, it really is just about him presenting himself as the victim in the situation. Mm -hmm. And now maybe I would come back if all my demands were met. You know, that's really what it is. Yeah, as if he had quit. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. You were fired, bro. As if the conditions were so bad for him there that he was like, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's Fleischer me. <laughs> I also love that he uh, Bieber's it. Never say never. Sure. Well, you always got to say that. Leave him wanting more. You got to keep people guessing. Got to keep people wanting it. But uh, let's move on here. We got one more clip from this part one of uh, the episode named Dropping Like Flies. In this next clip, DLH discusses the new producers that are in charge of the franchise in the wake of Fleiss leaving, and he divulges something very interesting about one of them. Here we go. Because um, you mentioned about working for different producers because there are new producers. Well, two of them I actually know very well, and, and they're both I would consider friends of mine, and that is Jason and Bennett. Bennett and I have worked together for many years. We still talk and text, and um, he's a good man and a good producer, and so is Jason. And um, Jason actually met his wife on the show. His wife was a bachelorette on Dr. Travis Stork's season. And oh, was a contestant. He was a contestant on the show. Oh, wow. And That's amazing. They, it, was, it, it didn't, and by the way, nothing. Nef- there was nothing nefarious. I, let me just clean this up. Nothing nefarious. Nothing happened while they were on the show. It was much later that they reconnected and fell in love and, and got married and have been married for quite some time. But I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? They definitely did something that season. How the, I mean, what? <laughs> That's where they met, obviously. Yeah, there were some sparks flying. And then he has to fucking back himself up. Just to clean this up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, nothing happened uh, at that time. It was much, much later. And they just ran into each other party. And they didn't even know they were on The Bachelor. They didn't even know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> what were we talking about? Crazy. I also am like, okay, wait. There's three new people in charge. He's friends with the two men, not not the woman. And also, Matt, uh, this person is married to someone from Stork Season, which we were just referencing as the boring season. But obviously, they cut out this hidden romance from it. Yes, indeed. But it also brings... I think why he kind of backed off of that, too, is because in that era, there are multiple rumors that uh, you can find literally anywhere. Just Google this shit. Those early seasons, Fleiss, him, himself, Dark Lord Harrison, all of the higher ups, all the other producers who are working, the rumors are that it was basically just a Bacchanalian orgy 24-7 <laughs> that all of these people were having sex with all of the different players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, cocaine, drugs, all this kind of stuff flown around again these are rumors he's like don't worry he was hooking up with multiple of those contestants it wasn't just one. yeah it wasn't love back then it was just lust um these are rumors of course it was just cocaine <laughs> i'm not i'm not suggesting this is true research it for yourself these are rumors um that are out there and definitely it was a different era back then different things were admissible i think like just in terms of uh, even how TV shows were run and stuff, you know, the closer you get back to like the eighties, the closer you are to crazy cocaine fueled mania <laughs> on every TV show, not just like reality TV shows, but like, you know, it's famous like Saturday night live back in that era. Writers would just get like a fucking giant bowl of cocaine, do it all night long and write all the jokes. Many sitcoms were like that. Yeah. You only see that on a few sitcoms in the present. Day. <laughs> And those people get in trouble. <laughs> exactly. You can't do that anymore. So uh, it's interesting that he brings up the past and then immediately is like backtracks. Well, no, wait a minute. I'm not, you know, nothing bad happened. It was all good. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to 
Uh, our next clip. This also comes from the most dramatic podcast ever. This is from Dropping Like Flies Part 2. The second episode in the Dropping Like Flies series that was brought to you by Dark Lord Harrison. In this clip, Dark Lord Harrison discusses ratings and what he thinks of streaming. Here we go. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that this show has endured. I mean, to its credit, it still has an audience, although the audience has gone down significantly over the past few years. But it still endures. And I think ABC and Warner Brothers would like it to continue on. Well, does it? I think that's the multi-million multi dollar question. Does it endure, Matt? You know, much has been made, and you mentioned as much in your article about the ratings. Obviously, they've been declining show after show, season after mm -hmm. season. And, you know, this Monday's finale was the lowest in history. Does this show endure? Does this show survive? I think it does, because as much as the ratings have declined, it's still generating an audience larger than other stuff you put in that place. It is a franchise that people know, and we are not seeing the streaming numbers for the show. For all we know, the streaming numbers are large. The magical streaming numbers that nobody really yeah. ever knows and people can talk about. I know. Now, we ourselves have talked about this, the magical streaming mm -hmm. numbers. And all we can do is our best guess about what is the actual mm -hmm. size of the audience of The Bachelor. I, I tend to think it's around 10 million. We guess it's three times as much as the network. I, I think it's probably double the network. So, And the network comes in around 3 mm -hmm. million. I think you probably got another six. So you got between nine and 10, I think, is probably the, the general audience. I'm going to go triple. Okay. So 12. I believe in millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> That's definitely possible. But uh, here, Dark Lord Harrison basically just shits on the idea of streaming altogether, as though people mm -hmm. are not watching it, as though the network uh, ratings are all that matter, and those numbers are down, because that paints his narrative correctly. His narrative on this podcast and on everything that he does now is, The Bachelor is worse without me. Yeah, The numbers are going down because I'm not there. But he doesn't care. He's not keeping tabs on the rate. Like, that's what I love about this clip, is it's like, oh, he's keeping tabs on the ratings yeah exactly worst rated finale in history like us and reality steve <laughs> but that's true like of every show every season that's the the broader yeah. context that he's not giving you is all tv ratings are down every season regardless of if it's the bachelor or reality tv or scripted tv or whatever it's all tanking scripted television on or uh sorry television on network tv is going bye-bye all the big networks are cutting budgets of how much TV they're producing, how much they're making. If they can't make it for almost nothing, or it's not like an NFL deal, like a giant live sporting event. Now, I don't know what network TV has left, honestly. You've got some of the big like ABC franchise stuff like Shonda Rhimes, Shondaland shows, you know, those will be around until ABC shuts its doors, basically, I think. Shondaland will endure. Yeah. It's, again, it's, there's some big kind of like breakthrough things. But other than that, like gone are the days where you can just have a, a stacked lineup and be like, oh, all of our shows get a fucking like 10 million people watching it. That's just gone. That doesn't ever happen now. And it continues to get yeah. worse and worse. I mean, that's the numbers that they had in those first few seasons were unreal. Yes, I agree. Go back and look at them. You can just Google this. If anybody ever gets curious about TV ratings, all you, literally all you got to do is Google what were the ratings for this season of this show or this year on this network? Anything you want. All this stuff is very readily available online. 
the uh, the website that I think puts it together the best, the one that I like to look at, is called TV Series Finale, I believe. <laughs> so I don't even know the name of it. Mine's called Cancel Bear. Oh, yeah, they're good, too. I, I'm just kidding. I don't actually look at it, but... I remember when we were working on Bad Judge and we would check the cancel bear to see if the bear thought we were going to get canceled and the bear did did think and it it was right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one that I like to go to is called TV series finale dot uh, com and they have it all laid out very well. You can type it in by show. It has it all like all the ratings are in a grid. Like I just pulled up right now, Zach Shaw crosses and it's just every episode there. It shows you what date it is. You can click on the date to see what other shows were on that night where your show uh, ranks among them, whatever you like. They have percentage up and down from the prior episode, the prior season, all kinds of comparative data. Highly recommend that website if you're into these kinds of things and it's anything that interests you. <laughs> anyway, let's move on now to our next clip, which comes from a different show. We are now moving on to Trading Secrets with a very special guest. Gorgirl Jason Tardik had... The one true goat. Caitlin Bristow on. <laughs> well, a goat of a, of a kind. This is from April 3rd, uh, the first part of this episode, or the first part of this series, sorry. And in this clip, Gorgirl Jason Tardik gets Bristow to discuss her feelings about Sean Booth feeling emasculated after the show, how it impacted their relationship, and the difficulties of even maintaining a relationship when you come off the show. There is some revelatory stuff in this whole interview, but specifically in this clip that is mind blowing. Um, I really, I mean, that relationship between her and Sean Booth has always been very interesting in the history of Bachelor. Obviously, yeah. I, I'm sure you remember it came down to Sean Booth and Nick Vial, and Sean Booth would not even say Nick Vial's name. He and, called him the, the other, other guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean Booth was really whipped into a kind of emotional frenzy, a psychological frenzy uh, during the course of that season. And in this clip, Caitlin Brewster talks about how that affected their relationship uh basically it is uh an interesting clip so here we go if you want to hear that clip of caitlin bristow and you want to hear the rest of this episode of digging deeper you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses you get the full access to this episode every other digging deeper we've ever done i don't even know how many are in there at this point uh 75 maybe you also get access to our uh, live shows every Monday at 4.30 PST. Uh, Pace Case and I get on a live show, answer questions, talk about the state of the game, talk about everything that's going on in uh, Bachelor and Love is Blind and Netflix reality dating world. We are also doing Clues Corners and Pace Case Palapas with regularity now on our Patreon. That could include anything from us watching Love is Blind and discussing it to Pace Case talking about everything that's going on in the Vanderpump world with all of those controversies to listening to various podcasts and uh, pausing them and talking about them, et cetera, et cetera. And you also get access to our Discord where you can submit your screams and we play some of those best ones on This Week in Bachelor Nation, our Twibbon episodes every Friday. So we hope that we will see you very soon in the bottom of the pit. It's the pit, you can get it in. Dig around in all this content. It's the pit, come on, admit. You want to eat up all these tasty tidbits. It's the pit, there's room enough to fit. 
Everyone who wants to come in, it's the pit you can get in it and dig around in all this content. It's the pit, come on, admit you wanna eat up all these tasty tidbits. It's the pit, there's room enough to fit. Everyone who wants to come in, it's the pit. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus... You get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up 
this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 